Welcome to Mind Your Small Business, a brand new podcast which makes starting or running a business easier. This week we're going to tackle an absolutely critical discipline, planning and productivity. I'm Gordon Rutherford from AXA and this week I'm delighted to be joined by Ian Thiesby, Henry Firth and Matt Roberts. Ian and Henry set up Bosch in 2017 and as many listeners will know, it's a plant-based vegan cooking channel that now has over 211,000 subscribers and over 12.8 million views on YouTube. As well as that, they have released no fewer than five books, Bosch, Bish Bash Bosch, How to Live Vegan, Bosch Healthy Vegan and Speedy Bosch. Good morning, Ian and Henry. Good morning. How are you doing? Great to be here. Yeah, good to hear from you, man. Great. Thank you. Very good. (laughs) And this morning, we're also joined by Matt, who, along with his business partner, Joe, runs ArcX, a cybersecurity training provider. It's a new business, launching only six months ago, and both partners, who are both former Royal Marines, work and live almost 200 miles apart from each other. So good morning, Matt. Good morning. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for joining us. Before we kick off and go into planning and productivity, it's probably an idea to give our listeners some insight into what inspired you to establish your respective businesses. And let's start off with with Bosch. So Ian and Henry, how did Bosch come to fruition? Right. Yes. I mean, we'll try and give you the relatively abridged version because we could talk about this for hours. (laughs) But um, me and Ian have been friends for, I mean, it must be coming close to 15 15 years or so, you know, we met in school. We we happened to be living together and working together in London, okay? And we ate a lot of meals together, you know, as housemates do. And at some point, Ian was on a challenge and decided to go vegan. He found it was amazing. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous and um, was busy, you know, mocking him and his life choices and, <laughs> and the curries that he was cooking me. But actually, you know, because I was a big fan of Elon Musk and I'm really passionate about driving the environment and, and trying to actually, you know, do some good in the world. Ian showed me this movie called Cowspiracy, um, which links diet and climate change in a way that I'd never seen before. I admitted I was wrong, went vegan overnight, and soon enough, you know, realized that it was quite difficult to go vegan. Um, There wasn't much information out there. There weren't lots of recipes. There weren't many recipe videos. There weren't even many recipe books. And forget going to the supermarket to pick up vegan ingredients or, or ordering vegan food on a menu in a restaurant. So, you know, I called Ian up and was like, you know, this whole this whole thing is great, but there's nothing available. Maybe this is what we should devote our lives to. And um, so sooner or later, one, probably one year down the line, we ended up setting up Bosch, where we cook plant-based videos for the world. Uh, we had millions of views within days. We've actually hit about, th- uh, how, how big are we now, Ian? Three million? Yeah, there's three million. All, yeah. all channels. That's right, yeah. Um, at the beginning, you mentioned the YouTube uh, numbers, but in actual fact, our main power is Facebook and Instagram because across there, we've got maybe uh, two and a half million uh, subscribers. So so that all kicked off. Um, people were just following us and sharing our videos. They went hyper viral. And, and since then, we've started writing cookbooks. We've sold nearly a million cookbooks now. Um, and we've also started putting products into stores as well so we can actually connect 
people with food and ingredients they can cook with. Um, so that's the inspiration. We are 100% climate focused. We want to try and put more plants on more plates. We're not about converting people. Um, we're just about being the kind of nice, friendly route into people trying their hand at more vegan cooking. Thank you. Um, great answer. Uh, this is the third podcast we've done in this series, and it's the third time that um, someone has spoken about their business being based upon an absolute passion uh, and a desire to almost change the world, which is which is absolutely incredible. Um, and and the the kind of meteoric success of Bosch, I guess, is the dream scenario for anyone starting out in a business. So, you, you know, you've captured the moment perfectly. Matt, turning now to ArcX, um, tell me what inspired you and Joe to, to, to set that up. Yeah, sure. So, um, as you've already mentioned, Joe and I are both former Royal Marines, and um, we'd actually previously been involved in a, a cybersecurity training academy where we delivered free training to over 300 veterans who were in the process of leaving the armed forces. Uh, and as mentioned, this was entirely classroom based. So as you can imagine, when COVID, COVID began and lockdown was brought into effect, it's obviously had a dramatic impact on the economy and how services are delivered. Um, and we'd always heard that essentially starting a business during an economic downturn was a great idea, provided you could follow through with your execution, obviously. Uh, but given that COVID had had a disastrous effect on the UK as a whole and training, classroom training was just sort of out the window at the time so we had to adjust really and try and come up with a different idea and a different mechanism for delivering training that wasn't just over teams or zoom and you know it, it was one of those really where you know we, we sat down and we thought well how can we do this where it's on demand and actually available to the masses and actually on a global basis um so as you can imagine working from home has introduced a number of security challenges for businesses and more so for those who are trying to actually build cybersecurity businesses um, there's a number of ransomware attacks that are on the increase you feel like every single day now there's something new there's a there's another third party uh, supply chain being you know attacked or you know government organizations and you know really we sat there and we thought well we know how to deliver training we've done it in a classroom we also know how that we can pivot the business to actually make it available to people, you know, on demand. And we thought we'd use the lockdowns as a springboard for actually launching an online and on-demand training platform. So we deliver high-end accredited cybersecurity training courses now globally. Cool. Um, the COVID thing's really interesting because before recording started, we were talking about how how COVID has changed our lives and in terms of how we actually do things, and 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 clearly it's had. Uh, a significant impact in uh, in your world, Matt. And you know, if if we if we stay kind of on that, but turn to the the theme today of planning and productivity, a recent study by Opus Energy found that eighty six percent of the UK's SMEs found productivity to be an issue, and I think that has probably uh, been magnified by COVID. Motivation can be a challenge, as can logistics. Now, Matt, you and Joe are one hundred and ninety miles apart. How do you successfully plan in that scenario? Yeah, sure. Um, well, we so we have met previously, obviously in our in our old uh, you know um, working relationship. But actually, as as you mentioned, since starting Arcx, we we've not met up once. Um, right now, we don't really have a reason to have not done so. But actually, we've we've got all our mechanisms in place to to such a succinct manner that actually there's no real requirement to. Although we are planning on actually going out for a drink at some point soon. Uh, but yeah, there's about 190 miles between us. And obviously it's posed a number of challenges, as you can imagine, definitely in terms of planning and productivity. 
But, uh, you know, I think we, we touched upon it before uh, we, we started. Thankfully, we now live in an age where, you know, collaboration is made easy. There's, there's so many online tools that are both free and paid for that can actually facilitate you, you know, actually going through the day-to-day -day running of a business. Um, and interestingly, although, you know, working from home and relatively in isolation has been one of the biggest challenges as you do get to miss out on shouting at someone when something goes wrong or having the ability to just go, hey, look, can you come and have a look at this? It, it, in a number of ways, it, it's also helped spur us on because without having that distraction and constant ability to talk to one another, we find that we're actually a, a lot more productive. There's a lot less idle chit chat, which means we get a lot more completed in a shorter space of time. So, I mean, it's probably fair to say that you've turned some of the challenges into a positive. Personally, I would struggle with that because I, I am just 99% idle chit-chat and 1% productivity. Um, but, but Ian and Henry, turning now to you guys, I mean, how have you managed to keep planning going at Bosch over the past 18 months? Yes, it's really interesting, actually, to hear from Matt um, coming from, you know, the world of... Uh, I guess tech, right? Because um, we actually we actually employ some kind of tech methodologies in our business. Um, you know, we had a previous company and we had a team of developers, and we were kind of developing things in a Kanban methodology. We were using some of these online tools that Matt's talking about um, to kind of manage development tasks. And actually, because now we now write cookbooks, <laughs> it's a very different world, but we use the same organizational techniques to write our cookbooks. So um, we will have, for example, a recipe book, let's say our new upcoming book, which is called Bosch on a Budget. Um, it's got 100 recipes and every single one of those recipes we kind of treat as a piece of work. And if you're not familiar with Kanban, you're basically moving development tasks or single units of work from to do through to doing through to done in its simplest form and that's what we do with recipes you know it sounds simple but you know we've got 100 recipes up on a board and we're moving them from to do to doing to done obviously there's a lot more in it than just that so we were already quite set up for digital productivity but we were all together right so we have a team of um between about five and six people um, that's our immediate team. We have an extended team of more like about 20 when you take into account all our kind of stakeholders and licensing partners. But in our business, it's five or six people we need to stay in touch with. And we were in the office pre-COVID. The minute COVID happened, we just thought, this makes no sense. Let's immediately turn our business remote. We film from home anyway. So all we're doing is pulling out the non-filming days, the office days, and turning them into digital days. So we've been remote for the last 12 months. Um, it's, been a, it's been a challenge, but it's also been a pleasure. You know, it's, it's, it is easier to focus without distractions. Um, you still have your own challenges because you've got to manage your own focus and you have to manage your own delivery and your own workload. Um, but the system that we've settled into now is we, we, you know, we have a daily stand-up. Again, that's another technology-borrowed um, meeting that we, you know, in a, in a development team, you'll typically have a stand-up in the morning where everybody just talks quickly for 10 minutes about what they did yesterday, what they're doing today, and any blockers they have, any questions they're trying to solve. We start every single day, including today, with a stand-up with our whole team. And then after that, it's every person for themselves. We're free-flowing, working through the day, chatting with each other on Slack, and and 
managing our book pro development process or our video creation process in this Kanban methodology. So we have some systems, they're software evolved systems. And, and I think on the plus side, we get more time to focus when we're in rooms on our own and we're not chatting to each other. On the negative side, sometimes you will get distracted by, you know, the postman or the washing or having one too many cups of tea. I think they kind of even themselves out and we're probably just as productive as we were before. Oh, I mean, what a superb answer and, and, and great insight there. Um, and it's really interesting because you've both spoken about, uh, you know, turning the the situation that we've been in for the last 18 months into a positive rather than a negative. Um Interestingly, you spoke about distractions there, uh, and, and distractions, I think, are the biggest uh, killer of productivity um, going, you know, especially if you, you know, if you use social media, it's, you know, people, you can pick your phone up for five minutes and then two hours later, you, you think, what have I been doing for the last two hours, you know, and I guess, Matt, for you, you know, you, you, you're, you're down there, you're in Brighton, you're working, uh kind of an isolation. How do you stay focused and motivated? Yeah, well, thankfully, um, Joe and I both have a very similar work ethic. So motivation on the whole hasn't really been that much of an issue. Um, that's probably from years of ingrained getting up very early and, um, you know, getting out of bed, doing some form of exercise. Um, but really speaking, you know, for me, what helps me is I, I do. I get up nice and early in the morning, um, do a little bit of exercise, eat healthy, and just go about my day. But to be clear, though, I'm, I'm not trying to preach that everyone should get up early, do all of that. At the end of the day, you, you've got to do what works for you. And for me, I need to have that bit of space in the morning where, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of giving myself a little bit of attention. I take a time to, to just breathe and relax and get myself ready for the day ahead. Um, and, and motivation doesn't really come into it for me. Um, it's, it's a bit of a weird one when it comes to Joe, who's obviously my business partner, is that we work in reverse. So I'm very much an early morning person and he's very much a late night creative. So in, in some cases, we're passing ships in the night in terms of when he finishes work and when I start work. But um, yeah, motivation wise, we haven't really had too much of an issue to this point. Fingers crossed that remains the same, but we shall see. OK, I mean, that, that's cool. Thanks, Martin. I've heard lots of people extol the you know, the virtues of, you know, looking after your physical self um, to help you stay uh, as sharp as you possibly can, as focused as you possibly can in a work context. Um, Ian and Henry, th th there will be lots of listeners out there uh, who don't have a business partner. Both you guys and Matt have spoken about the advantages of bouncing things off each other. And, you know, it kind of helps with productivity and planning. What, what about the guys out there who are on their own, who are sole traders and... You know, how, how can they stay focused? Well, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm so grateful for Ian uh, because um, it is easier to start a business with someone else. And, and I say that having previously been a sole founder, so the last business I founded. Um, and it's a lonely place, man. It's, it's tough. I mean, Ian, you remember watching me from the sidelines, don't you, in, in the previous business? I certainly do, yeah. Um, I well, obviously we were living together, so I was like um, had a front row seat to the stress that it um, that being a sole founder um, involves. Uh, and yeah, like, like yeah, it's really really fantastic having um, a business partner because it's just like two heads working at the same thing at the same time. Um, and yeah, it would like 
I suppose if you if you've got visions of grandeur and you and you really want to sort of make your business a big success, like there's only so much that one person can really do. So like having two people just makes the just kind of makes things a little bit quicker and just makes uh, the whole um, process of like building something um, better. So yeah, like um, totally. if out there if anyone um, is setting up a business and they are going it alone like f first and foremost congratulations and fair play to you but secondly it's like if you if you think that maybe the stress is a little bit too much and you've bitten off more than you can chew then searching for a co-founder could be a really really good thing to do but you can also find help and this was what i found in the previous business was you know ian was there in the business and he definitely acted as emotional support to me, as did my other friend, Kwaku. Uh, it's strange when you uh, hire your friends, but it's, it, it, does, it does mean if you can make it work, then you've got people that you can inherently trust and, and we managed to make it work. I think if you're a sole founder or maybe a sole trader and you are finding yourself struggling for motivation, then even if it's not people in your business, if you can just actively seek out support from people, it could be your partner, it could be your mum or dad, uh, could be an old teacher that used to teach you, or it could be a friend who is also a sole trader who you can share stories with. But I think it's good to actively seek out peers, mentors, and maybe even mentees and people you can mentee. Because you know, as as they say, um, if you want to, if you want to learn, then teach. So. So I think seeking out people that you can share experiences with is a great way to keep yourself on the straight and narrow, keep yourself motivated and, uh, and keep, your, keep your mind sane as well, because that's important. Thanks, guys. Uh, again, we come back to that issue about keeping, you know, staying sane and having a healthy, uh, a healthy mind and how that helps in terms of productivity. And one of the things that, that Matt, touched on earlier on was uh, the fact that he and Joe bring different things to the table in Arkex. Uh, they they kind of work in, in different patterns. They they, they, they have different uh, outlooks and what have you. And in terms of Bosch, uh, is that how it works there? Do you think you bring different things to the table? And, and if so, how important do you think that is? So... I do think we bring different things to the table. Um, we are, we come from slightly different backgrounds. Um, my background was more, I guess, most more focused around the business side of things, um, having been a founder before, um, and also the technology side of things, something I've been very experienced in my whole career. Ian's background is more on the marketing side, uh, social media, trends, and also creativity. So, you know, particularly in the first year, um, Ian would tend to focus potentially more on the, the food and the creative aspects, and I might be focusing more on the business aspects. I think here where we stand now, five years in, actually, we just turned five years old. We do chop and change quite a lot more. We've learned how each other work a lot more so so there is a lot more sharing of, of jobs and sharing of duties um but i think you know i wouldn't want to work with another me and i'm sure <laughs> ian wouldn't want to build a business with another him so like yeah. you, you you kind of um those differences are, are good and are important and i think it's it's helpful to be able to understand the differences in the way that you both work and appreciate those differences make space for those differences um, and that helps foster a good working relationship. And it's also why teams like this work. Yep, I agree with that. I think um, 
you know, leaders building teams should always try to uh, have a diverse range of uh, personalities and skills in the team. You know, so for example, I'm a terrible planner. So I really value people around about me who can plan and who are complete yes. finishers, you know, because because I have ideas I and you. never finish them. You know, it's, it's, yes. so I need people yeah, around yeah, about yeah, me to totally. say, I'll make that happen. I mean, and... You need deliverers. Totally, totally, totally. And I'm, I'm quite fortunate in, in, uh, in what I do, that I do have uh, lots of deliverers around about me who deliver really, really well. Um so, Matt, on that basis, I am a terrible planner, as I said, and, and earlier on you mentioned uh, the fact that you use some tools and some apps and some software. You know, for somebody like me who is who's notoriously bad at planning, what what kind of tools or apps or software are out there that you would recommend? I, I mean, straight off the bat, you've got your uh, essentials. So, obviously, we, we use an email client. I use Calendar for pretty much everything. Um, to be honest with you, aside from software, I have a physical calendar in front of me as well. And for some reason, I feel the need to double put everything in. So one goes in the book and one goes on my actual computer calendar as well, um, just because I have such a, a terrible memory when it comes to actually remembering to turn up for calls or to you know, actually stage demos of the platform and things like that. So for me, it's, it's really key to making sure that I turn up on time for things. Um, Aside from that, obviously, we use similar messaging um, services that are available on your mobile phone that you can also get on desktop. So WhatsApp's a really great and easy way to communicate just to have that open. So, you know, you can speak to one another freely throughout the day. And then obviously the the be all and end all, which I'm, I'm sure everybody's sick of at this point after all of the lockdowns is you've obviously got your Zooms and your Teams to, to have those video chats. Um, as I was saying earlier, it's, it's quite nice actually to just have an audio call for once uh, and not have to get fully dressed up um, to sit in, you know, in an office space. Um, but really speaking, you know, uh, productivity tools as well. So you can go and have a look at things like, you know, Jira, where you can sort of manage um, your development process. Um, they're really useful and key with myself being more of the commercial side of the business and Joe being very much the technical side. Uh, it's really helpful for me to be able to go in there and see actually at what stage of the development process we're at, you know, at what stage other features will become available uh, and basically be able to plan what I'm doing on the front end of the business based on, you know, the development life cycle and, you know, where, where we are in terms of uh, technical advancement. So apps and um, software tools like that are, are really invaluable for me and I wouldn't be able to do my day to day job without them being able to, to support what we're doing. Okay, that's cool. That that's listen. That's really helpful for me, um, and I'm sure it helps lots of the listeners out there as well. And one of the other things I wanted to ask about is, you know, there's obviously a lot of debate now around uh, moving out of the pandemic and people returning to office life. And I read lots and lots of stuff about, especially in big corporations, that you know, office life will never be the same again. People will not be travelling nine to five. They won't be in an office five days a week. Uh, there will be a lot more uh, home working and remote working. What What is, Ian and Henry, what is your theory around uh, what that might do to people's ability to plan and organise successfully? Do you think it's easier face to face? I mean, I'm, I'm interested to hear Ian's thoughts on this, but from my perspective, we, we miss each other as a team. You know, we, we want to we wanna get back together. 
Um, but I do think, you know, people now appreciate their freedom and we wouldn't want to remove that from our team because that is a benefit that has been forced into action. I know there's some companies that are just immediately bringing people back five days a week and they're not having it. But for us, we will keep remote working as a core part of what we do. What do you reckon, Ian? Do you think we're, we need to get back in more often? Well, I think for us, we, we're kind of living this charmed life because um, the nature of our business requires us to be together um, at least a good portion of the time. Um, so, yeah, we, we can sort of like, um, you know, we can be together some of the time to film videos, to test recipes, to discuss the recipes that we're making. Um, and for the rest of the time, we can happily do what we do, um, like away from one another and uh, like separated as a team. So I think that's really, really nice for us on a personal level. But uh, for the uh, businesses that haven't got um, like what we have, the same sort of structure, I would say that I think um, it's high time that big organizations sort of started treating their staff more adult-wise, okay? I think that they, um, people have really appreciated the time spent with um, their families and the, the sort of lack of commute time. They probably saved money on those tube fares and stuff. And I think it's f like, finding a nice balance of like yeah come to the office a couple of times a week just so we can check in with the team just so we can get those meetings done but also we're going to trust you enough to do your job at home and to do a fantastic job so i think we're in this really interesting probably like right at the beginning of a brand new way of working for large companies and i think that's uh, really exciting and uh, yeah it, it hopefully will be one of those things that was really positive to come out of the pandemic and and running um an organisation that's not a large corporation, for example, um, you would say to big organisations that we can plan and organise successfully uh, remotely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it works. Um, people, I think it's, it's about whether you see give people the benefit of the doubt or not, whether you trust people or not. I think there's just as much space within an office for people to waste time, um, if not more. Um, there are, as, as you said, there are people chatting to each other all day long, hanging out. And whilst it's good to, it's good to get to know your colleagues and to build relationships with them, you know, some, pe some people are spending their entire working lives in meetings and never actually getting any work done. So I think there is an opportunity in home working for people to be more productive than there is in the office. Even pre-COVID, you know, I used to come home when I had a big, piece of work to focus on because I could focus better at home with no distractions. So I think you don't need a lot in place to manage your team, but you do need some structure. So, you know, um, accountability, our standups work great because if you, we can tell if you weren't doing anything yesterday <laughs> because you're still working on the same thing today that you're working on yesterday. And I think, uh, and also we can see, we use, we use tools for working. Uh, Matt mentioned Jira, we use a tool called ClickUp. We used to use Trello um, and also Asana, but now we're on ClickUp. And all our work is managed within that tool. So we can see what people are working on and how long it's taking. So I think having some structure in place that so you can see people's work, you can hold them accountable and you can communicate with them. And then it doesn't matter where they are. And you're only getting together then for those one or two days where you're trying to build relationships and um, have that extra little bit of magic that FaceTime brings. Excellent answer. Thank you very much. And finally, I'd like to, to go to Matt um, and ask the question, you know, if someone is starting out in business and, and recognising that planning 
uh, and organising and productivity is absolutely crucial. What one piece of advice would you give, Matt, to someone who is starting out who is not naturally strong in those disciplines? Yeah, well, well, firstly, as they say in the military, no plant survives first contact. Um, For me, I guess it's getting across that you'll never figure everything out and you'll probably never get everything right first time. And if if someone out there does, then please, please, please come and advise me on how to do it right first time as well. Um, I guess the, the best advice I can offer at this point is to just stay flexible and be ready and prepared to pivot if required uh, in terms of how you're delivering your business. Um, try not to be too rigid in your thinking and just always keep your end goal in mind, which is uh, more often than not is to generate revenue. And, and realistically speaking, the quicker you can get to revenue generation, the quicker you can employ smarter people to take away these worries. Wise words. Thank you, Matt. Um, one of the things we always do in these podcasts uh, as, we, as we come to the end is to look at the takeaways and summarise everything that's that's been said. And I think there's been some really uh, invaluable takeaways for our listeners to do who, who probably are out there thinking of starting a small business. Um, and some of the key takeaways that I've got from today is to, you know, to be flexible, be ready to pivot. Um, the, the communication with the other stakeholders in the business is crucial, but also communication with people outside of the business is, is crucial uh, in terms of your motivation. To stay focused, to look after your mind and body. Um, and I think one of the things that's definitely worth uh, worth exploring further for people out there as the Kanban concept um, that was raised, because that that sounds really uh, appealing and really interesting. Um, all that's left to say is a massive thank you to Ian Thiesby and Henry Firth from Bosch and Matt Roberts from ArcX. Matt, how can people find your business? Um, you can look us up online. It's ArcX.io. Thank you very much for that. And Ian, Henry, I think, Probably everyone knows Bosch, but for those who don't... Sure, they can find us at either bosch.tv, the website, where we put out free recipes almost every single day, or we're also bosch.tv on all the socials, so Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, or you can find us in your local bookshop, or hopefully in your local supermarket as well. Excellent, fantastic. Thanks again, guys. It's been fantastic. Um, and if, if the listeners have enjoyed this episode... They can subscribe to the series via your usual podcast app. If you want to find out more about the Mind Your Small Business series, you can do so at www.axa.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can get also loads of brilliant small business advice from AXA's Business Guardian Angel site, which is at www.axa.co.uk. Next week's episode is all about getting online. So join me and another couple of fantastic guests for that. Uh, We look forward to welcoming you. Thank you very much.